Hello, and welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story podcast, produced by ED Media. Today's story is from the best-selling novel, Journey to the Kingdom of Soul, written by author Everlast. Chapter 28. He. Ho. Bang. He. Ho. Bang. The industry army soldiers continue to pound the front gate with a large battering ram. How much longer do you think the gates are going to hold up? Lady Light asked Papa Big in a low tone. Not much longer, he said. Even though his words were meant for his wife's ears only, they carried on to everyone else in earshot. The frontline brigade stacked up in the courtyard and braced themselves, as the archers on the top of the wall continued to engage in a heavy shootout with the industry army archers, who were now in close enough range to do some serious damage. The rain began to let up as the smell of sulfur, smoke and death rose through the air. The vibration of the hungry army outside of the gates could be felt inside the city. He. Ho. Bang. The portcullis began to bend inward as stone particles rained down on the main walkway. With the strong metal whining under every hit, everyone knew it was just a matter of time before the army made their way in. He. Ho. Bang. Big chunks of stone began to fall, raising the anticipation level. One more. One more. Captain Ishmael chanted with excitement in his voice. His eyes lit up as he gripped the handle of his sword. The 1,000-man force Captain Ishmael had waiting behind him remained hunkered down under the shelter of their metal shields, as the brook archers continued showering them with a rainstorm of hot arrows. He. Ho. Bang. The impact caused a large portion of the stone to crumble and the gate came free on one side. The portcullis was left hanging sideways and the industry army smelled blood. The men handling the battering ram quickly stepped back, then rushed forward with all their might. A loud bang froze in the air as the portcullis finally gave way, and flew up into the air. Everyone seemed to pause as they watched the battered gate crash land before the feet of the brook brigade. Charge! Captain Ishmael shouted with his sword pointed at the short tunnel. The first twenty men on the front-line brigade didn't wait for the industry army soldiers to make it through the tunnel and into the courtyard. They rushed up into the tunnel and collided with the soldiers in the short tunnel. Ah! Men grunted and cried out in pain as swords clinked and sparked on impact. To maximize his attack Captain Ishmael began to bark out orders. Climb the walls! Climb the walls! His orders reverberated down the line as the anxious fighters saw the opportunity to get within the walls of the brook now in reach. Get ready! Siku ordered as he pulled out his sword. Long makeshift ladders wrapped up against the wall, with men running up them with reckless abandon. Some of them would make it halfway up the ladder, then end up flying through the air when the men at the top of the wall pushed the ladder off of the wall. But the industry army persistence began to pay off as the first wave of soldiers made it to the top and over the battlements. Yeah, Siku shouted as he swung his sword and beheaded the first enemy fighter to step foot on the wall walkway, setting the tone for the rest of his men. The battle on the ground was beginning to shape out like the one on the walkway with blood and bodies flying in every direction. War cries carried through the air, as shouts for help tried to drown them out. The rain suddenly stopped making the battle a muddy one as the industry army pushed on through the front gate of the city. Position 3. Position 3. Brendan barked from the back of the crowd jammed up in the tunnel. The front-line brigade shifted into three large groups as the battle raged on in the tunnel. 
D-Tiger stayed close to Papa Big and Lady Light, as a group of thirty men surrounded them. Get in there! Captain Ishmael ordered, physically grabbing one of his men by his collar and pushing him into the crowd that was clogged up in the front gateway. Destroy them! Ishmael ranted, as the strong smell of death rode up into his nostrils. The motivational push gave the army the strength they needed to overpower the men who were trying to stop their advancement. D-Tiger saw the army making its push, causing him to growl and grit his teeth. Papa Big gripped his sword and blocked out any thoughts of compromise. They were all in and ready for it. On the other side of the wall T-Moose was doing the same as he watched his soldiers overwhelm the group of guards at the front gate. T-Moose could taste it. He could smell a victory rising in the air. It's been a long time coming and now he was about to get his just due. A horse in the back of Timu's formation whined causing everyone to turn around. Chapter Break The rebellion fanned out and formed a semicircle around the unsuspecting Timu's and his personal guard. Jerome and Rachel were ordered to take half of the fighters over to the left side. While Nipoli and Fawn were to lead the other half on the right side. Nipoli could smell tension in the air once the rain stopped and the humidity began to rise. Tara stayed right on Nipoli's heels as they moved into position. The strong smell of the knightsmen horses began to seep through the bushes the closer they got to the stationed miss and his group. Fong crept through the bushes with his knife armed and ready, sweat coming out the palms of his hands. When he was close enough, Fong reached out and snatched one of the knights off of his horse and stabbed him in his chest. The loud thumping and the knight screams caused a chain reaction of panic amongst the horses. Attack! Attack! Nipoli ordered, then rushed the closest industry army knight to her. Some of the knights hopped off of their horses and immediately attacked by one of the hidden fighters. While others stayed on their horse, getting it back under control. Yeah. Nipoli stabbed the unsuspecting knightsman while he sat on his horse, causing the horse to whine and kick up in the air with its front legs. The knight crash landed to the ground taking the wind out of him. Tara wasted no time aiding Nipoli as she ran out of the bushes and stabbed the fallen knight in his chest, killing him instantly. Jerome and Rachel led the way out of the bushes on the left side with the same look of determination in their eyes, with close to fifty fighters following them. The war cry that rose up out of them when they made their presence known, scared the birds out of the trees. Further rattling the tension-filled forest. Timus and Zor turned their horses around and were shocked to see their captives attacking one of the most elite units in the industry army. What's this? Timus asked, looking at the mob coming out of the bushes. He looked over to his major with confusion written all over his face. Timus get back, Zor shouted as he got his horse back under control, quickly assessing the situation. The mob spilled out of the bushes causing the tight-knit formation to scramble. The elite knightsmen quickly snapped into attack mode, putting their swords to work on their attackers. Destroy them. Zor barked. Then he took a closer look at one of the attackers and froze in his stance. Nibbly? Zor mumbled to himself, with a dumbfounded look on his face. Timus heard the name roll off of Zor's lips, which didn't surprise the leader. Timus knew if Nibbly was willing to lay down with his major for a position in his uncertain rulership of a new industry land, then she could attempt a mutiny like the one before him. Fom swung his sword like a man possessed, as he positioned himself two feet from Nibbly on her left. While Tara held down the songstress on her right side, together they laid down a one, two, three combo with nothing but red in their eyes. Fong was going head to head with one of the knights when Tara jumped him from behind and stabbed him in his back. 
the knight cried out in pain as he crumbed to the ground, then cut down by Fom's sword. Zor had seen enough. The major hopped off of his horse and went straight at Fom. Nibali saw Zor dismount his horse, then come across the small battlefield with an anger in his eyes she had never witnessed before. A large knightsman came from her blind side, smacking Nibali back into reality, sending her flying to the ground. You bastard, Tara cried out as she ran to Nibali's aid. Tara stabbed the knightsman in his forearm. Ah, he cried, then swung his sword wildly and connected with Tara's side. Tara, Nibali cried, then scrambled to her feet. She rushed the knightsman from his blind side and stabbed him in his throat, then in his shoulder. He crumbled to his knees gripping his throat, falling on his back gasping for air. Nibali disregarded the dying knightsman and ran over to her fallen comrade. Tara, come on baby dot you're all right. I'm here. I got you, Nibali told the young fighter. Tara coughed as blood continued to spill out of her side and said, save yourself. Freedom is a must, then died in Nibali's arms. Fom braced himself for the major's wrath by countering Zor's swing. Their sword sang under the hard blows until Zor pulled a move the inexperienced Fom wasn't ready for. Fom swung his sword with a body full of momentum. Zor blocked the blow with his gold forearm sending a vibration through Fom's body. Giving Zor one shot, one kill. Zor dropped down to one knee, did a 360-degree spin and followed through with his sword cutting Fom across his stomach. Fom cried out as he watched the floodwaters of blood spill out of his open body. That's when Zor went in for the kill by punching Fom in his stomach. No. Nibali screamed, as she ran over and jumped on Zor's back. Get off of me. Zor barked, spinning in a circle with Nibali attached to his back. He tried to reach back and snatch her off of him, but she locked onto his neck. You bastard, Nibali cried, stabbing Zor in his chest. The blow did not have the impact she wanted it to have, causing Nibali to lose her grip and fall to the ground. Nibali gasped for air as Zor snatched her off the ground by her collar. You snake. You dare cross me, Zor spat. Please, Nibali cried when she was face to face with Zor's fury. He wrapped his golden hands around her neck and began to squeeze the life out of her. Nibali fought him as their eyes locked. It was at that moment she knew if there still was a piece of love for her inside of Zor it was all gone now. Freedom. Nibali managed to squeal as he continued to squeeze the life out of her. Zor dropped her lifeless body and stared at the dead songstress, baffled by her last word. Zor looked around at the chaotic scene around him in a dead man's stare. Then his breaths began to get shorter. He dropped down to one knee and grabbed at the wound in his chest. His breaths became labored and he started looking around for help. The fighting around the wounded major got heavy and bloody, making his injury go unnoticed by all of his surviving knightsmen and the fighters they were chopping down but it didn't go unnoticed by the man who always had his back out on the battlefield. Thomas snapped his reins and guided his horse over to his fallen major. Thomas had watched the entire exchange between Nibali and Zor, and he thought Zor was going to go soft on the songstress by letting her live. But he proved him wrong, making Miss proud of his major for closing the chapter on the greatest songstress and heartbreaker in Dust Dryland had ever raised. Now it was time to repay Zor by calling on the powers that be to save him. Gods of force, heal my son, Dmas said, remaining on his black stallion. A bright light shot out of Dmas' hand and it hit Zor directly in his chest. A hot surge of power burned into Zor's chest, then vibrated through his body. 
His gold arms lit up and he began to feel the air of life engulf his lungs. Zora roared. His cry rattled the trees around them as the birds scattered into the air. Retreat! Retreat! Someone began to shout. Slowly but surely the remaining fighters that could get away began to scatter. Airman grabbed the knight by his back and lifted him high up into the air. Let me go you freak! The knight barked. Okay, Airman said, then let the knightsman fall to his death. No. Airman stayed suspended in the air and saw the remaining fighters running back into the forest. Where are they going, Airman snapped. No. Keep fighting, he shouted. But his pleas fell on deaf ears as they continued to make their way back into the forest. Those cowards, he spat. Then decided to fly back to the brook once he saw Nippoli and Fawn were amongst the dead sprawled out on the ground below. He knew once the leadership of the rebellion was gone, followers' heart wouldn't be in it anymore. Timus caught a glimpse of the black birdman as he flew down the west end of the forest heading for the brook. Your Excellency. They are in the main courtyard. One of his men shouted, snapping Timus out of his trance. Good. Then it is time, Timus said with a newfound surge of energy flowing through his body. Zor looked around until he came across Nibali's dead body. He stared down at her for a moment, then reached down and retrieved his sword. He looked over to Timu's and with one swift motion Zor beheaded the dead songstress. Let's move out. Zor ordered as he grabbed a horse's reins and mounted it. Hey everyone, it's Author Everlast. I want to thank you for listening to Let Me Tell You a Story podcast. Tune in for the next episode. God bless and be safe.